0: The Saskatchewan Healthcare Coalition is hosting the All for Public Healthcare rally in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, May 4th. It's free and you're invited. This rally is happening because our public health care system does not have the support it needs to meet the diverse needs of all Saskatchewan residents. For years it has been underfunded, ignored and hindered, so join Donna and I in person on May 4th in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan for a walk, speeches, networking and community building. Link for more information is in the show notes, hope to see you there.
1: My drug of choice was cocaine. I got hooked right away, I thought I was taking the pain away. But I, all I ever seen was partying. And that's what I thought I wanted. So I just grew up bottling everything in, you know, getting into fights, drinking, cheating, stealing, using. But no one ever asked me about what was going on. It's you know, why are you drunk? Why are you a cokehead? Why are you always cheating? Right now, you don't know where to start. But I went to the bank and I asked for a $7,000 loan. Right now, the wall's okay they said we'll do even better shit and we'll give you 20 grand and i remember just walking in and sitting down on the chair said i'm done that was the day that i signed um, the papers to go to treatment i wasn't going until like a july and i was like what am i going to do in these next couple months here i've had now you don't know where to go
0: All right, what's going on, everybody? That was tonight's guest, Shaylin Fox. I'm Daniel Unmanageable, and this is Hard Knocks Talks coming at you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Treaty No. 6 territory, and the traditional homeland of the Métis people. Before we bring in Shaylin, I just want to let our viewers and listeners know to stick around to the end for a sneak peek at next week's guest. I forget his name right now. It should be here, but it's not. Oh, Paul Hawley. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> stick around to the end. We had a conversation with Paul Hawley earlier this week. We captured some clips from it, so stick around. Um, and if you want to catch a reminder for next week's show, there's a featured link at the bottom of your screen. You can tap that link, learn a little bit more about next week's show. If you tap going, you will be reminded, so there is a better chance that you will show up on time. Having said that, let's bring in Shalen. What's up, Shalen?
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It's going well i was a little worried that i forgot next week's guest and i didn't i also forgot to write it down but we got through it and here we are how are you feeling tonight
1: good good just 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 during the moment i was i was i was was gonna tell you that uh We don't really have to worry about next week because we're enjoying what's going on here today and and that's how i think yeah so that's 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 something i always have to remind myself too
0: (laughs) i I worry about 10 years from now i don't know (laughs) there's a saying that i have it's like if i have nothing going wrong in my life i like to wander off into the future until i find something
1: (laughs) what are you wandering
2: to
0: i don't know man it's different every day (laughs) i'm a fickle creature my friend i really am (laughs) right donna
2: Yes, yes, he is.
0: That's right. Is there anything that you'd like to say uh, before we get started tonight? No,
1: just wanted to thank you for having me on here. And uh, that's the second time that I heard that intro and um, it doesn't, uh, it just sends uh, chills down down my back and uh, brings back some memories that sometimes I forget that I have and it's good to talk about them and this is another chance to heal. So thank you for having me on here.
0: You're very welcome. And uh, having said that, let's jump in.
2: This is Hard Knocks Talks.
0: Okay, before we dive in, I just want to let our viewers and listeners know that tonight's live production is premier sponsored by the FASD Network of Saskatchewan. And we're going to hear just a little bit more from them in a little while. But first, Shaylin, we learned a little bit about you in the intro there. Um, you're, you're a teacher, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been teaching 12, 13 years, somewhere in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is my first year in the city. I was in uh, Sturgeon Lake for three years, and then I went back home to the Balfords for eight. And then I'm here for this year. So, 12? Yeah, 12. <laughs> Not a math yeah. teacher, though.
0: And, <laughs> so, and, and when, and when you were at the deepest part of your addiction, you were, you were teaching, right?
1: Yeah, I got uh, early on, especially, uh, When I was out in Sturgeon Lake and then went back to Balfour, that's, that's, that's where the, Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: where it was down going, going down the hill there.
0: Did you ever have any like challenges teaching? Like, were you, were you showing up to school lit? Like what, what did that look like for you?
1: No, there's lots of, um, lots of, especially early on in Sturgeon Lake, uh, just lots of days that I wasn't going, going in, but also there was lots of, um, Closures for the for for the school just because the school was used for like a funerals or if the weather was a, like a certain temperature, like the buses weren't allowed to run, so that just gave us a day off. So I remember that first year. I think there was 40, 40 days of closure, right? So Holy cow. when we knew that was that was there, that was that was a green that was a green light to go out and uh, mm-hmm. took full advantage of it in mm-hmm. an unhealthy way. Giver, yeah, yeah, yeah and so, yeah and but then a little bit later on it just kind of um, thought i was masking it i guess thought i was thought i was doing okay but obviously yeah. i wasn't and people people started to speak up later on mm.
0: so where did this all get started for you like was there was there a lot of drinking at home and a lot of like using or whatever growing up
1: you know what uh my my mom's been sober about 30 years but i do have her, i do have a memory of her drinking and that was always in always in the back of my mind, but my mom's been sober for, for the, man, I'm for maybe over, over 30 years. Mm -hmm. But uh, er, er, early on, I do remember those drinking days Um, Mm -hmm. and, and my mom liked to party and, and, and my dad's still an alcoholic today. So that was something that uh, my mom tried to keep away from us, but Mm -hmm. just being around with our, and our family on our dad's side and, you know and my grandparents drank at the time too and uh my aunties and my uncle so it was around us but my mom tried her best to keep it away but um mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of tough when we're when we're so close with everybody that that you're able yeah. to see it right mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah did you grow up in sturgeon lake
1: no actually i'm from a sweetgrass i'm 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 from the balliford area okay. so that's where i grew up and uh bounced around uh a little bit there when we were younger but Balfour has been been where I've been most of my life yeah
0: how old were you the first yeah. time you got loaded and and was uh, it like was it like something like you couldn't wait to do like were you like looking forward to getting loaded the first time
1: yeah you know what i was starting to uh, i was starting to see it more with my uh, family and some of my uh friends who were um starting to experiment with it you know and it was great the summer of grade 7 going into grade 8 I uh, finally had a chance, and um, we had a bottle of, of Wiser's, and there's about oh, four no. or five of us, yeah, 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 <laughs> middle of the afternoon, and uh, straight, and just started passing it around, and yeah, no, it wasn't, just went, just yeah, yeah, just went off the deep end right away, you so know, that and that go? was something that I, ah, oh, I was feeling sick, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was scared of my mom, and I'm still scared of my mom today, so that was, uh, didn't want to go home. But yeah. uh, just went went home, snuck in the house. But uh, then then all these uh, feelings started to come in from suppressed memories, and I didn't know about those. And I still and I'm still learning that about that today. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. So the first first time drinking was at that age, and then drugs didn't come till a later though.
0: So when you when you got loaded the first time there and you went home, had your mom already sobered up?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom has been was sober probably. I'd say about five or six years at that time, but my mom is one of those. Uh, she just quit drinking. She quit cold okay. right on a New Year's Eve or right on like a New Year's Day, but, uh, never ever talked about anything. Like she, she's still in that same mentality, um, doesn't talk about anything, you know? Yeah. So lots of things were just hidden up still in there. So, um, mm. still come out in different ways. Yeah. So yeah. Un- unhealthy ways, but that's, that's her own journey, right? And that's where she's, comfortable with
0: did you uh when you came home loaded did did her being sober play a factor into like the fear you were feeling trying to sneak around
1: i just knew that my mom did not want us to 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 drink you know because yeah. uh because my because my dad was was uh he was he was an out of our lives at that at that time but uh later on like that's that great seven year uh i had to call the cops on my dad you know and that was something that uh uh was very tough. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard crying, screaming and it, and I came out of the bedroom and my dad was choking my choking my mom mom on the wall early in the morning, right? And uh just went running and called my auntie and she said call the cops. So calling the cops on your dad was uh but never ever talked about it after. You know, like my mom never came and checked on me, you know, Different. and I was too scared to ask her if she, yeah, like if she was okay. There was just no communication. It was just kind of go back to bed and how old were you i was I, I, that was my grade a seven year so that that's where it kind of stemmed just with a little bit of uh things building up
0: uh-huh so you think like that yeah. was sort of like the beginning of of your adventure
1: yeah just just you know what and i always uh there's there's some other things too i always wondered uh other things like i always wondered because i'm a because well, my last name is fox everybody else is a tip and I was like, why am I a fox? And you know, why am I tip on something? Just feels off. Like, why is my mom so hard on me? You know, and I always just said because, uh, be, be, because I'm the oldest. And my mom was a teenage mother, too, right? So okay. my mom had me when, uh, she was 17. So she's pregnant at 16. And mm-hmm. so was, I, I kind of just thought about it in that sense. She's just first time mother and just trying to, trying to, be, trying to be by the rules. And then, uh, Mm-hmm. yeah later on in life, I found something also too, but always always just in that feeling, but I can never ask anybody i I can never ask my mom especially, and that just made it hard not to not to know anything, but also just started to play with my own mind, you know, mm-hmm. thinking why doesn't my mom love me? why and then that drinking story of my mom is uh she's out partying, and i'm and I'm trying to chase her around a tree, and her friends are hiding her and then her friends are trying to stop stop uh, me and all i could think about is why doesn't my mom love me why doesn't my mom want me so that was always ingrained in me right and uh wasn't allowed to ask you know and i was too scared to ask just because uh i knew we we don't have that communication and and it just it just wasn't good yeah yeah yeah
0: so was were you all in like after you got loaded there um did you find something that you needed out of that bottle and you what would it look like after that?
1: You know what? When I when I go back on those memories, it was I I love playing sports. So when I played sports, I did not have to think about anything, and uh, that's the exact same feeling that that the alcohol came in. It just kind of took away what was going on at home, the way I was feeling. It just took everything away, and I was like, "This is actually this is in a way what I want." So I I don't want to feel anything, right? And then uh, d- dabbled into. Um, uh, like, like some marijuana later in life, but I never really smoked. So I didn't inhale. So I don't know if I ever, um, <laughs> I just never, it just wasn't something that I in, like enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So when did you start? Cause I mean, you mentioned, uh, in the, in the trailer there that, uh, your, your drug of choice was cocaine. When did that start coming around?
1: Yeah, that, that was after high school. Um, you know, I was, uh, 19 years old and I, yeah, first time I tried it, I got hooked. Um mm-hmm. and I and 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 I and I've always said this, I fell in love with it and it and it fell in love with me. It took uh it took lots of pain away. It took lots of the way I the way I felt uh and I realized uh I can I can drink longer and I won't have the hangovers and things like that. But then uh I didn't realize the effects of it going on later. I just I just like that feeling of not thinking of anything. And it just, it just put me on a cloud. Right. And, um, yeah, just something that I so, fell, in, fell in love with right away.
0: What was the, um, lead up to it? Like, were you, when you saw it there, I don't know if you saw it on a table or if a friend said, he, whatever, it doesn't matter. Was there yeah. ever any, like, this is wrong. I shouldn't do this. Or was it like, no, give me that shit right now.
1: No. Uh, I hung around with a little bit of older guys at the time too. um, and they were, they were people that I would like look up to and they kind of took me under the wing as a little brother. And then, um, they were, they were going to the bathrooms and they were, they were drinking longer. And I'm like, how, how am I always, you know, how am I always passed, like, uh, passed out and things like that? And they're still up drinking normal. And then I found out later they were, they were, uh, doing blow. And that's, and that's when I said, like, I want some too. And no one ever, no one ever stopped me. They just gave me the straw. And mm-hmm. then I was like, holy man, this is, uh, this is this is what it's about.
2: Yeah. Hang on. I just have a question.
0: Oh. <laughs> By all means.
2: Uh I found it really interesting your uh correlation with sports. And substances like I—I I had some of the same sort of connection in the sense like I could lose myself in the in the in the sport and not think about all these other things. But also on top of that, like I really loved the adrenaline, especially if we we're on like a winning streak or whatever the case may be. So I'm curious, when you were 19, were you still playing sports? Like you said, yeah, this was actually- after school or after high school. Were you still involved in athletics at all, or?
1: Yeah. So when I first went to the, a uh, university, um, an intern at our school was, uh, played on the soccer team at the university. And, uh, he talked, he talked, he talked to the coach and I was, uh, I started to redshirt with them. And once I turned bar age though, I, um, then I just, and I just cut loose. I said, I'd rather go to the bar than and go train every day after school. So that's, so I, so I just quit soccer, but then I, I still played rec- recreational senior sports kind of, kind of things like that. but. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, I enjoyed it more because, uh, I always got to drink after the game or drink during the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there were always girls around and that's, that, that's what made it more fun. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: you could talk to girls now.
1: Yeah. Just, Mm -hmm. and you're older and you're just living, you're just living life. You don't even care about anything. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. What was, uh, what was mom saying around this time? uh you know what my
1: my mom never really said anything specifically but just kind of started getting mad you know like like calling me a, a drunk at times like when i when when she get frustrated or you know i'm like i'm like i already sent you money why are you asking for some more you know and then i just i would just i would just stop talking you know well if you're not gonna give me none then then i don't have any other reason to uh, to call and that's so there was times when we didn't even talk for months or weeks right yeah mm-hmm.
0: and this was in yeah, battleford but,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just kind of just started getting mad at me and, uh, but never asked if I was oh or oh, like if, if I was good or what's going on. It was more or less just, just to give me shit.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this time you started using cocaine pretty regularly. Uh, were there any warning signs like in your own mind? Like, were you starting to think like maybe this ain't healthy or, or how did that play out?
1: Uh, if, when I got, I got, I got kicked out of university, uh, my second year. So I Retaken. would have been, uh, I was in education early, early on and, uh, I did, I, as soon as I started drugs, I just, I was already missing class before that. So that wasn't the main one, but it was uh, after that, I just didn't care. Cause I was always out and, um, go to bed late. Sometimes I didn't sleep. So it was just, uh, it was, just, it was just a matter of just a matter of time, um, But you know what? Uh, that, that time I got kicked out of university, I was on, uh, I was out partying on the weekend and back in Balfour and, um, I was at a hockey tournament there. And, uh, yeah, I, for some reason, I, uh, wanted to still party. Well, not for some reason. I was still partying the next day, like a Sunday morning and, uh, all the, all the coke had worn off and all the, all the liquor had, Finally hit me, and uh, I was black. I was blacked out, and I woke up. Uh, I fell flat on my face and scraped my nose up, and my lip, and my chin, and knocked out this tooth. And um, yeah, you know, and I just, I just, I just laughed it off. Um, and that was the final straw at school. I didn't go write my finals just because once I did sober up, uh, I didn't want to be out in public just because my face was all all mm-hmm. bloody and scabby and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, then I had to go get my tooth fixed. So I just. I just uh I, I just hung low for a bit, but i I still laughed it off. I, I was still parting around after that because I remember I was drinking from a straw because my tooth was sensitive, yeah, mm-hmm. so never really stopped me either.
0: Hmm. So let's take a quick break here. We're going to uh, hear a word from tonight's sponsors, and then we'll look at a couple comments.
2: The research tells us there's no safe amount of alcohol
1: during pregnancy. It can be as little as two binge drinking episodes to have a child who is impacted by FEST. I'm referencing the Safe Canadian Drinking Guidelines,
0: and they reference a binge drink as four or more drinks on one occasion.
2: I would say kind of put that into perspective. Someone who doesn't know that they're pregnant, that's four beer on one occasion.
1: Maybe that's a couple of glasses of wine. Those glasses of wine might be a little bit fuller than
0: the average glass of wine. So maybe those two glasses of wine is actually equivalent to four. FASD doesn't discriminate. It can happen to anyone.
2: All right, first comment. New view, better you. New view, better you. Thank you for your comment. would like to know, did you go to university because you wanted to? Or was it just the next life move after high school?
1: I think it was just the next life life move to play and to play soccer. And uh, I think that was just society's rules of expectations and my mom's too. Uh, I wasn't an academic person. If I didn't get into education, I was probably... My, I always tell this, this would be my, like my second choice was going to be a cop because he just needed a grade 12. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you ever, do you ever look back, do you ever look back now and think like, man, I'm glad I didn't become a cop? <laughs> oh,
1: I don't know. I don't know if I would have been. Yeah. I don't know. That
0: was, All that, that, was, that with that. a gun.
1: <laughs> yeah. <I know.
0: laughs> so yeah. it works in mysterious ways. Yeah. yeah. So you really didn't have any like personal desire to go to school. No, I kind of, I kind of
1: just uh, a great uh, a guidance counselor had mentioned uh, maybe you should go to you would be in education, and I want to do something with sports. Um, teaching was the only option that I that I was open to being able to play sports and coach. So that was something mm-hmm. that uh, that just kind of just went up my alley.
0: Next comment from Rose.
2: Rose uh says i fell in love with dope and dope fell in love with me because i had so much to lose and didn't even realize it Mm. yep great comment rose and trina uh says we try to cover our hurt and pain by getting high but it never goes away we just make it worse Mm. so true Mm -hmm. so
0: uh Shaylin we talked a little bit about uh well you 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 spoke a little bit about relationships uh how you had you know girlfriends and whatever and you mentioned that you didn't know that you know like you could have a relationship that wasn't toxic or that you didn't even realize what a non-toxic relationship was uh what was that like for you um early on like you when you first started having girlfriends or or whatever that looked like Uh
1: I didn't I didn't care I didn't care because um I just moved on to the next one, and I was always always looking for something better and mm-hmm. yeah, but when i was when I was drinking when I was drinking you know, like especially um i I just didn't have any remorse, uh, and it i didn't I didn't think if I was hurting you, I just thought, you know what like uh I would just spin it in a way where i'm I'm not the person for you then. So this is your choice. If you want to stay with me, uh, mm-hmm. this is who I am. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, then I'm gonna to go to the next person, anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I and I and I used to think uh, quantity over quality is something that I've always said when I was um, early on in rehab, and that's something that I, that, you know, and now that I think about it, when I'm sober, and it's like, man, like what are you, what are you doing? Like, like you're hurting these innocent people just for your own selfish needs. You know, and you're hurting these indigenous people because because you're hurting in in uh, side, and you want people to hurt with you. You know that 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 is the wrong mentality that I that I had.
0: So you um, you became a teacher. Uh, even so, you dropped out of school, but there's a there's something happened, and now you're a teacher. Uh, did you ever have any stretches of of recovery or sobriety at all? Um, in between the time where you left school and you became a teacher.
1: No, lots of the times it was just mostly if I was broke or if, um, uh, doing, of doing a little bit of coaching, that was probably the only, the only stretches. But once I got back from coaching, then I was like, well, I stayed in on the Friday, Saturday, I might as well go and reward myself on the Sunday. And then sometimes I take the Monday off. But if I was, if, if I was broke or if my buddies weren't, um, the ones that were taking me out, then I kind of just, I kind of just stayed at home.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell us, um, I, I, help me understand how you dropped out of school and still ended up being a teacher.
1: Uh when I got when I when I when I left school the first time, when they told me to take a take a break, uh, my band was funding me, and the university said take a year off, but my band said two years of that I'm ineligible for the funding. So uh, I was I, w- I was embarrassed and shamed. I didn't even go home. Um, went went to my buddies, and they were going to do uh, seismic in the states. And I ended up just jumping in with them on the bus and went down to the states for six for six months. And this was when there was no cell phones and no one really knew where I where I was, and my family didn't know what was going on. Um, yeah, and then I did I did that life for for, and then I I had enough for EI, but then I was like, I wonder if I want to be a teacher. I became a teacher assistant out in my reserve the following the following year to see if this is what I wanted to do, and I did enjoy it. And then I had to jump through hoops and obstacles to get back into school um I always say I should be a doctor <laughs> the amount of years I went I went to school
0: so but it sounds to me like you still have like you still have aspirations, you still have goals you still like you just mentioned that you enjoyed being a teacher's assistant, so certainly you yeah. were finding some meaning in your life
1: yeah sl- slowly it was it was it was just a sports, you know what but also just connecting with the kids uh I never, ever told kids like, don't drink, uh, because I was still drinking and using at the time. So mm-hmm. I kind of just kind of talked life a little bit about choices and things like that. Uh, and that's what I still do like today. Cause, uh, people are going to make their own choice either with or without my, my, a story or without my like a guidance, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I just, I just hope they can understand and they can realize what the path that they're going on.
0: Mm-hmm. When did it start to go sideways?
1: Uh... When I went back to university, I was uh I was I was still parting lots. Uh I started using more and more, but I kinda I thought I was managing it. But, you know, probably more when I got into teaching right away because uh I got tax uh working on reserve, I got tax uh free. And I remember the first day I started, I landed on a payday and they gave me a check like in an envelope. Uh that was the only one I was gonna get. The rest was direct deposit. And it was a check for two thousand dollars and I was like, this is the the most money I've ever had, and
0: uh, I'm home, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, was, I was like, I got this for two more weeks, and then yeah, it kind of just kind of slowly went off,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned uh in, in the intro that you uh you started a new teaching job and you signed the contract wrong, and you ended up needing to take a loan out of the bank, and uh, and that that was sort of what brought you <laughs> that that loan is sort of what opened your eyes to the realities of your problem. Tell us how that all happened.
1: Yeah. So when I went back to Battleford after Sturgeon Lake, um, they, you can choose a 10 month contract or a 12 month contract. And I was talking to the finance person and I thought I signed a 12 month contract. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got paid once a month and it was July 25th when we were, when I was supposed to get paid and I didn't get paid. And then I started panicking. I phoned some coworkers and they said, yeah, no, we, we got paid. I phoned the board office. They said, we will look into it. And they, and they sent me a scanned, or like an email of the of the contract I signed, and I signed a ten month con- contract, and uh, that's when I really started to panic. And then I was like, just wait, just just like, wait a minute, I'm a teacher, so I went to the bank and had decent credit, and mm-hmm. yeah, they gave me. Uh, I asked for a seven thousand dollar loan, and that's when they said, "We'll do even better, Shailen. i will give you twenty 20- 20 grand. And, uh, I didn't take the 20 grand right away. Did
0: it make you nervous? Oh. Were you like, Whoa. whoa yeah. 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 hundred yeah. percent. Right? Like <laughs> you, you knew, you knew walking yeah, in there, what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. Right. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So I took yeah. that seven. This was a Friday and I, Monday morning I went back for five and then by, 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 the, by the end of the week, I grabbed, I grabbed, I grabbed the rest of it. I said, I might as well go all, all in now. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. What was your plan? Yeah. Did you have a plan or was it just like fog it spend? The so money? I was just partying.
1: I was just, I was just partying. Um, this went on a bender and I mm-hmm. wasn't even thinking I didn't, I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that was, but after that, man, that that's when life really set in, uh, lots of, lots of, learned lots about myself and my circle of friends and who was, who was there for me and who wasn't there for me and the truth and learned the party days and things like that. Mm hmm.
0: Um, were you drinking to die?
1: You know what? When I would, when I would, when I would use in that, in that last, in that last little stretch in that last year, uh, I didn't care if I died, but I never, I never tried anything. But I would always do all my, do all the blow right away, and just if I go, I go. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so, I was so. I would talk suicide with, with my. There was one stretch where I was talking suicide with my auntie and my mom, and they were like, "Come home, come home." And I did try. St- I did, I did quit drinking for six months there, but I, uh, they didn't know about drugs and I was still using within that six months. So, um, and then I went, then I just started partying again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's kind of when it went worse again. Yeah.
0: Um, tell us about the day that you, uh, that you came to the realization that you needed to live a better life. Like, did that happen just one day or was it like leading up? Like I, maybe I should change or was it something bad happened and I got to be, I got to be better.
1: Just in that just in that year when I spent that twenty twenty grand on the bill the bill collectors are phoning and I'm behind in bills. Um and it was I maybe about March. March that time I started to um see an 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 addictions counselor, but I was halfway in and halfway out, I was just telling them enough to like help me to slow down drinking. I wasn't asked I never once thought about stopping or asked how to stop. It mm-hmm. was just more or less like how do I slow down? How do I control this? Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah. And there was no way to, to, uh, control it. And then, uh, May, May, May long weekend, actually, of that time, I remember with my, I was with my cousin Ray at a soccer tournament here in the city. And, uh, and I remember walking around and I was on a bender too. Um, and I was like, I'm tired of this Ray, man. I'm like, and I was, and I was getting emotional. I'm like, I'm tired of this. I'm so tired you, of cheating. So yeah.
0: you talked, you talked to him.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So and, was that the first time that he, he'd opened up?
1: Yeah. And he's younger than me too. So he's kind of just looking up to me. And, but I, but I, I knew that he didn't, he wasn't really going to say anything because he didn't have that life, that life experience. So it was kind of me just venting, you know, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, that was the first, the first time. And I said, I'm tired of this man. Like I'm tired of not sleeping. I'm tired of cheating. I'm tired of stealing. I'm tired of lying. And then that Tuesday I had an addictions counselor meeting and uh, that's when I walked in and I just, I just sat down. I said, I'm done. Like I'm done. I want to go to rehab. Like let's sign the papers. Yeah. And uh, that's where we started. Then my, then my addiction started to talk in my mind is like, no, 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 Shailen, you don't need to go to a, a treatment. Yeah, no, no. Just like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I was just
0: kidding. Yeah. I was just kidding. No, <laughs> no, no.
1: So it was, it was tough. And I, I had a daughter. Well, I do have a daughter and she uh Shalisa must have been about nine years old at the time and I was like uh and I told the addiction counselor I was like, No, 'cause because my, my daughter comes with me on all uh teacher holidays and the like in the summer. So I can't. I I can't. And I remember what the addictions counselor said, "Shaylen, you give up this one a summer for the rest of your life, you will have all the summers with with your daughter, and that's and that's and that's what convinced me. And I signed. And I signed the papers. We just had to choose a uh, choose an option where I wanted to go, and that was Thorpe, just
0: outside of uh, Lloyd. Yeah. Talking about kids always gets Donna. <laughs> always chokes. Yeah.
2: Out. Honestly, like if you could see goosebumps, like my whole arms and everything would have just like been spikies. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we got. We got. That, that's two a great, here. great story.
0: Yeah. Cool, man. Okay, well, let's look at a few more comments, and um, then we'll keep going. Let's see. What do we got here?
2: Uh, Yash. <laughs> Sorry, if that's not right. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got that warrior mentality. Proud of you, Shailen. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Yash.
2: Yash. Okay. My apologies. <laughs> and Randy Lee says it's amazing the self-awareness that we gain when we get clean. Hurt people hurt people. Hmm. Absolutely. And Twinkle says, but they can make the choice by being better informed by your story. Hmm. I assume we all know what that was in reference to.
0: I think so. Okay, I hope so.
2: We're going to go with that. (laughs) We're just going to roll with that already. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And Elaine Clark says, honestly honored to hear you share your story. Thank you. Hmm. And our good friend Sharon Leslie Acous. She says, "I quit drinking for a year. Thought I was swell. Meantime, I did more drugs than ever. I switched one to the other. I wasn't too bright fifty years ago, so I hear you doing, man."
0: Kichi Megwitch. Thank you. Okay. Um. So a couple things. This is an interesting. Uh, who was it here? uh Randy Lee said uh, hurt people hurt people now i, I want to talk more about um that 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 space in between signing up for treatment and then actually getting to treatment but before we do that um tell us like what what point did you start to realize the harm that you'd done and like how did you cope with that like as far as like the past relationships like you mentioned like you women were indispensable or dispensable and and all of that when did that start coming to light
1: uh I think when I had my, I think when I had my like a daughter, um, I, me and her mom split up after that. We weren't, we were together, but we weren't, we weren't together. I, I wasn't invested. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was staying at her house, but I, uh, I stayed in the basement kind of thing, and I just went all partying. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, just, uh, just as I. As I started when I was those times that I was sober, uh, I start to think about it. And that's when I would start to feel shame and embarrassment. And then I was like, I don't want to feel like this. So I just mm-hmm. go drinking or I text, text the next uh, girl kind of thing. And then uh, just kind of stayed in that cycle all, all the time because uh, I was just lonely. And I didn't want to feel this pain. So like either drugs, sex or, or, or like alcohol, that is yeah. what I wanted to numb with. Yeah. Yeah. So after a while, I just, I was feeling so embarrassed and shame that I just, isolated my, just isolated myself. And I was, I was, uh, drinking and using a lot at the end by myself, uh, mm-hmm. sitting at home with the lights off and just in that paranoid phase.
0: So we know in Saskatchewan and, and in other parts and all over the place, really, uh, when, when someone comes in seeking treatment, seeking services, uh, for substance use challenges, uh typically, there's a waiting period, right, and you had a few months to wait, right? like it was a couple of good months, right
1: yeah, <laughs> when I signed the papers i thought I thought I'd be going the next the next Let's uh, go. day yeah and, go yeah. Right now, and then yeah. uh <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah, you're not going until the end of July. and I was like, what like you gotta be shitting me, man like it's yeah. two months away, yeah, did that so, scare you yeah or were you like it, it, like honestly oh, did God. no yeah. no i was i was i was i was scared uh because uh just i I was scared for because I didn't know what how long that two months was, and I was at a point in my life where I where I just didn't care about my care about my life if I was there or if I I wasn't. So that was mm. that was scary. Um, mm. and then everything just aligned on that day. <laughs> it was crazy how it all worked out. Um, that was in the morning. In the afternoon, I went back to work, and uh, our principal at the time had said, "Shaylen, we have a meeting at the board office." And right away something went in th- like a red a red flag, something went off. Because most of the time we have um we have emails on when there's meetings and things like that and, and I and I had a pretty good like have a pretty good like a memory and there wasn't uh I don't remember getting like this meeting and I asked him what it was about. He said, Ah, jump in like it's nothing and I will drive. So I so I did. Uh we went to the board office and there was the director, uh, three other superintendents uh the principal and uh the or well, like the finance manager all uh, males and the first thing that they said to me was Shaylin we uh, know about your uh, party life and that's when I stopped them and I told them, you know, I just signed up for treatment and uh, yeah they're they're about to have an intervention with me. So um oh, wow. just right on that right on the exact same on the exact same day that I signed up for a rehab, uh they were they were, they were about to do that. So if I didn't commit to rehab, um
0: so you Creator came was... you came skidding in at the last minute.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was
0: that, that was probably the first
1: first time I was honest about it. Uh-huh. Um yeah, and they were trying to give me the month off for the rest of June and uh I was I was like no if I if I do that I know what I'm going to do. I and I told them I'll try. I'll try. I'll try to stay away from drinking. It, it lasted maybe a week cuz then I got into my mind like Shailen, you're you're quitting and you're couldn't go might to well rehab so you might as well or... oh, exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But then uh I got bumped up to July fifth. July fifth. So I got uh, I got bumped up, which was which was good.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> what was it like walking in? Like when you I walked was... into treatment, was was it like like I'm home, like thank God I'm here, or was it scary?
1: I was scared. I was scared, shitless. Um What were you scared of? I was I didn't know what was on the other side of that wall. I didn't know what was on the other side of that of that like or, like that hallway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I was I was scared when they I was in the waiting room. I was scared when they took my uh, luggage and went and checked it. I was scared when I had to get naked and they had to check 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 my clothes. I was scared every step of the way, you know. And um, uh, I had paid my buddy to drive me that time, um, and I was praying. I was like, "Don't you dare pick pick me up." don't you dare and uh he was supposed to pick me up at 7am freaking guy was there at (laughs) 6am so so uh uh so everything was just everything was just aligning you know i was starting to believe in that kind of kind of world and uh yeah so that was uh, but i was scared i i didn't know what it was and then once you're in there man the way i described it is they just ripped the band-aid off Mm -hmm. they just ripped off the band-aid and they let me get settled in for a couple days and then put me into programming gave me my uh binder and
0: feed you there really good over. too
1: oh phenomenal
0: <laughs> the food at thorpe is amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so yeah that's yeah. where i went to i went to detox at thorpe that's where you went right yeah. you mentioned that yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 so okay uh they ripped the bandaid off and it sucks but i mean for me uh it was like like a weight almost came off for me like when when people started being like no dan you're full of shit and like like really mm. like you know, because I went to Pine Lodge and they don't they don't mess around there. Um, but what was it like for you? Like, did you get defensive? Did you like argue with them, or had you surrendered at this point? Was just like, you know what, I'm ready to to think something different here.
1: The first couple of days, I remember on
0: those meetings when I was like, when they when when, when they
1: stand up and I'm a Shailen, I'm an alcoholic and an addict. I did not say that. I always mm-hmm. just said well, like well, like my name is Shailen. It took me two or three days to actually say it. And then it took me probably another three or four days to actually believe it, uh, because I was in that uh, denial phase for so, for so long. But once I was starting to go to those group sessions, once I started to go to the one on ones, you know, uh, I starting to, um, they're starting to help me with some tools and just, just the way, just the way my mind started to work. And then once I started going to the out of town AA meetings, once they take us on that little bus, you know and hearing other people's stories and i'm like man i'm not the only one you know and this is the exact same thing that i'm feeling you know this is the exact same thing that i'm going going through and then that's when i realized like i am not alone in this whereas mm-hmm. before it's like you don't know what i'm going going uh going uh, through like you don't know what's going on in here well i don't Shaylin because you don't ever talk about anything you know, and yeah. and I and I just deflect, and I'm a and I'm a big deflector. I joke mm-hmm. around and I make cheeky comments, and I'm still like that today. When I get uncomfortable, I'll start deflecting and joking mm-hmm. around.
0: Mm-hmm. Humor is an excellent vehicle, but it can also be a really big shield <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we got a bunch of com- a bunch of big comments here we'll get to you guys. we'll get to a few more here before the end of the show but uh was there any big aha moments in in treatment like was there anything that looking back now that you remember it was like this was like a moment where something changed for me
1: um I don't know if there was any big moments I think the whole experience was it Because uh, I had tried to quit so many different ways before, but I think just going through that whole process of all the workers and just the way they talk and give you encouragement and saying, I'm proud of you for sharing your story. And, you know, and when they talk and then when they pull you aside and, and they give you some advice and then they, and they, uh, say, like, you are a leader and, and what happened to you wasn't your fault, you know, that whole experience is something that I, that I never took for granted. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm very grateful that I went through that because that's when I started to actually talk about a little bit things more and more and um just you know and I still have those um like the big book and and the n a books where where the uh the other people wrote in them and wrote their messages oh, yeah. when you head out yeah and i and i and i still I still do read them whenever I've had a struggling moment, just to remind myself like you can do hard hard a thing shalen, and you have been doing hard things so. So forgive yourself. That's the hardest thing I have to do is forgive myself. Um, Mm. The amount of people that I that I hurt, uh, and then the people that I did not see yet, and I'm just like, how do they think of me when it's like it's and it's things that I'm sorry for, and it's things that I haven't been able to say sorry to. You know, that's the hardest thing is to make amends, but it's also harder for me because now I hold myself to a standard and I hold myself uh, accountable. And it's mm. hard because I start to overthink and then I go into that, I go into the past. Uh, mm. I don't think about the future as, as uh, much as we were early on when, when, when you were talking about next uh, week, like I don't yeah. get caught in the future. It's the past that I get caught into and I have to let uh, go and I have to, I have to forgive myself and it's, and it's hard and it's hard. And I, and I have to work at every single day.
0: Mm-hmm. So when it came to, how long were you in treatment for?
1: Uh 45 days. Damn. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. what was it like leaving? Like, were you excited to leave or were you scared to leave?
1: <laughs> I was scared again. I was scared because I knew that was my bubble. Cause I knew that yeah. was my bubble and oh, I yeah. knew that was my safe. like my safe uh, zone. So a week before I was going to head out, uh, this one girl had to pay some bills or something and get her phone.
0: Mm.
1: And, uh, so, so she went and got her phone and we weren't allowed our phones. And then, uh, she came back and she was just rattled and, and I was like, what's going on? She's like, I just got my phone back and I got all these texts and I seen all this stuff. And I was, and I didn't think of it. And then I was, and I was like, I don't want my phone back because no one had known. I left just my, just, uh, just the principal at the time. And, uh, maybe my mom and my auntie kind of knew and my cousin mm-hmm. Ray, but no one else had really known. And I was like, I don't want my phone, <laughs> man. I, I don't want to see where are you? What's up? Let's let uh, go out, come over kind of thing. And, uh. No word of a lie. When I got my phone back on that on that day, there was no text messages on my phone. I was gone for forty five. I was gone for forty five days. You know the the higher power, universe, God, yeah. creator, and answered my prayers. Right? Yeah.
0: Weren't weren't you like a little bit like insulted that like nobody (laughs) was wondering where you were? (laughs) I
1: I was uh, relieved because I didn't want, I was still in shame and embarrassment. I didn't want anybody to know. And I didn't want to, I didn't know how I was going to tell people where I, where I was. And uh, then, then the creator and God and higher power um, answered my prayers again, because I didn't want to go and I didn't want to see anybody. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that week I got out of treatment, I went and played in a soccer tournament and, uh, I ripped my Achilles. The first time in my life I've ever been injured, uh, ripped my Achilles, uh, less than a week out of treatment. And, uh, I wasn't mad. You know, it was what I, what I was wishing for. I was praying that I was going to stay at my mom's house and no one would bother me and it wasn't the way I wanted it, mm-hmm. but it's the way that it happened. So I started to think of that, of that, uh, of that sense, but, it was just my reminder that Shaylin, you are on a new path and journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to learn how to walk mm-hmm. on this journey on yourself, and you have to learn how to ask for help because touches and things like that. Like uh, some, asking for help is something that I don't really, I struggle with, and I'm mm-hmm. working on that. But yeah, but to, I was in a cast for 13 weeks, and uh, uh, it was a it was a struggle.
0: Yeah. So I noticed that. Um, I noticed that you're talking more about like as soon as we start talking about entering recovery, you start talking about creator and God and universe and all of these things. Like it's it's no. it's it suddenly has a very heavy presence in your story. And I definitely want to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and also, I want to remind everyone to stick around to the end of the show, because we've got next week's guest. We've got a very powerful clip from our conversation we had with him. So stay tuned to the end to catch that clip. But for now, let's look at some more comments and then we're going to continue this conversation here with Shailen. We've got Manny in the chat. What's going on, Manny? Good to see you. Past guest. Hey, Manny.
2: (laughs) Uh, So he says, we addicts are among the strangest warriors ever assembled. We deal with all of the same issues and problems that everyone else faces. But on top of that, we deal with addiction and we fight and we never give up and we support each other. I love you guys. Hey, Dan and Donna. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Manny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of a, a quote. Um, that a woman, her name is Melanie Exner, a friend of mine since I like got sober. I don't think I've ever met her in person, though only on Facebook. And one day she said, us, us addicts are a rare and beautiful breed of freaks. And, and that just like stuck with me. And like I still like to this very day, however many years later, I still love that saying. Twinkle.
2: And Twinkle says, I know people who have the opportunity for programs, but because of the wait times, they end up not going. Time is of the essence.
0: That is a fact, my friend. It
2: is. And Elaine Clark says support services are just not available for addiction or mental health. I'm in Ontario and a couple of years ago a friend's son came to came to me for help. He was heavy into fentanyl and many other things. However, although he wanted help, we couldn't find anywhere to help. Sadly, he is on the streets begging and God knows what else to support the habit. Mm-hmm. Sad, sad reality of things today. mm -hmm. And New View Better You says, one reason I am happy to see the recovery community growing. We have so much more acceptance instead of shame now. I hope the clinical side can catch up and fast.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we got time for one more. Uh, Who should it be? You pick. There's three left. You pick one.
2: Uh, I think Yash.
0: Yash. Okay. (laughs) Yash gets two tonight, I guess. Yes, he
2: does. (laughs) Uh, He says, like Shailen always says, don't count the days, make the days count.
0: Thanks for the comments tonight, everybody. Yes. Don't leave yet. We're not done yet. So, okay. So you, did you go to the program? Like, did you, like, you mentioned going to meetings while you were in in treatment. Uh, Did you stick with that after you left treatment?
1: Uh, Not as, not as much. It's because, um, uh, just the, not being able to get around without, uh, cause I was in a cast and, mm, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I didn't, I didn't go, but after I was off the cast, I, I did go to meetings when I, when I, uh, could, but now I, it's rare that I do go. I still, I still go. I went when I first moved to the city here, but, uh, more, more in the cultural side, more in the ceremonies now.
0: Mm-hmm. So what does that yeah. look like then? Um, how did you find culture? Or did it find you uh
1: a <laughs> couple of my couple of my real close buddies uh three three of us um were all within less than a year of each other quitting our addictions but unknowingly not one of us mentioned we quit <laughs> um mm. but one of my buddies uh, he's a little bit older than me he he I was close with him in sports while well, we're we're all we're all close in sports but he he was going back into the sweats and going back into the culture and 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 he had mentioned, Shaylin, you should come to sweats with me, you know, uh it will be good. It will be good for you. And so he kinda just took took me under his wing and uh I've been I started off going four 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 times a year and uh in the last couple of years now. Uh, last year before I got injured, I was going once a month and this this calendar year I've been going once a month again too, just to uh mm-hmm. just 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 to continue it.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit, and we don't need to go into, into big detail, but tell us a little bit about a sweat. What was it like the first time you went to a sweat in recovery? Was it like a was it like an awe-inspiring experience or
1: uh, no, because you know what? Just just being more open and praying, you know, I was praying so much more harder at the at the first one, you know, praying that I stay on this path, uh, praying that I can get through this, uh, praying praying that I'm gonna be protected and you're gonna be with me. You know, because one of the things that I struggled with was being, being, feeling alone and being alone. So that's something that I, that I, that I really prayed, prayed, uh, for. And it's, uh, you know, and I still, I still go pray for purpose today. But if there's times when, you know, when life is going, going good, I don't skip the sweats. It's more of gratitude. And, uh, and I just thank the creator for, for putting on this, putting me on this journey and giving me, giving me a second chance in, Second chance in life.
0: Mm-hmm. When you started praying, um, did you buy into that right away? Or was it just like you're going to start, you know, talking to your higher power or whatever that is. And you were just sort of going through the motions. Or was that something that you felt right away? Like, did you feel a connection right away?
1: I felt a, I felt a connection right away with the Achilles, right? As soon as the Achilles popped. But even leading up to that, like that little intervention, uh, the, the way it all, the way it was all working out, the way it worked out with the, with the phone without any text. But then the Achilles is when, when I was like, you know what, this is, this is, this is real. And this is, and this is happening.
0: Mm-hmm. What was it like going back to work? Um,
1: uh, didn't tell anybody. Uh, I actually went back to, uh, that Sunday, that Monday I was starting work. That's when I went back with, uh, like a, a crutches. So no one. So no one, so no one knew kind of just, no one really asked where I was. It was more or less talking about what happened to your leg kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then I kind of just deflect and ask how theirs, how there's some, how's went your leg? <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how their, how their, uh, how their kids were and things like yeah. that. And just started, just started deflecting in just a little different ways that those like those deflecting skills that I do have.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh something we haven't talked about yet, you mentioned when we spoke before was your auntie Galen uh, yeah, um, yeah, you she played like she was sober for a long time in your life, and like you always yeah. thought that you didn't want that life that she was living because it looked boring to you, but when you no. entered into recovery, there was Auntie Galen. Tell us about that
1: yeah, you know what? um my auntie Galen is sober longer than my than my mom, and my auntie Galen has always been there for me, always checking up on me um always consoling me when i when i would when i would get in shit at home or or if she knew something was up you know she would she would come and say like i'm proud of you um but it still didn't persuade me to see she was living the healthy sober life uh there was too many other people in my life at that point that were drinking in i and i wanted that and then and then what i when i learned is the, when life is going good Everybody's around me, and life is happy, and everybody's there with you to like uh, celebrate. But when life is going bad, you know, then you're gonna see who is who is really there in your life. And when I was in the bottom, that's when I started to realize that, and that's when I realized that my auntie Galen was there, was there. for me, and she was always there in my life, and I just never, I just never seen it all these years. And mm-hmm. uh, now, now you know, that's someone that I look up to, and she checks up on me weekly checks up on me like a daily and and i don't take it for granted and i always check up with her and she always invites me over to come eat you know and uh that's that's somebody that you want in your corner and i had her in my corner this whole time and i didn't even know i didn't even know i didn't i didn't i didn't want to see it
0: Mm -hmm. would you ever like sorry Auntie galen for for being a, a dick all those years uh i
1: i have i have i have i have text i have text that i uh i struggle doing that in person um yeah yeah that's that's something that i work through at therapy is uh he has a little bit of challenges with me to uh say i love you to people and it's Mm -hmm. uh and it's a struggle it's 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 with my mom you know uh it was with a hug i can hug my mom when i see her and when i leave and and i do love my mom and uh but to but to say it, it's uh uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me and uh and when I'm about to, I know I'm gonna stutter, so i don't even I don't even bother and then I'm just like, hey, I will see you later
0: mom. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. cool, yeah, okay, well, um, I think that's it. Don't leave yet. we got a clip to watch shalen uh is there anything that you'd like to say? is there anything that we missed anything you wanna to touch on before we let you go?
1: No, I have this little I have this little story of this uh farmer. He has two pails, you know, and he goes and gets water every, every single day with those pails. And one is this beautiful pail, carries all the water, big gallons. The other one is broken, has holes in it. And then he walks back to 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 his farm and that broken pail never brings back any water. And that broken pail is like, just throw me out. It's like, get rid of me. I am I am like a useless, I am broken, I can't even bring any water back. So he goes and takes that pail back to the water and he said look on the side that the that the pail that carries the water tell me what you see and he says all i see is dirt and he says look on your your uh, side where it's all where you are broken and there's holes in you and he says tell me what you see and he says i see beautiful grass and i see flowers and i see trees and i see birds you know and you may think you are broken and you may think you don't like deserve this and you shouldn't be like around but you don't know who you're inspiring, and who is watching you and what you bring into this world. And I think of that every single day, every, every, every time I have a negative thought in my mind, every chance I have to go and share my like a story, someone hopefully can take something away. So they're not going to suffer in silence anymore.
0: Hmm. The broken pale waters the path. Yep, exactly. That's beautiful, man. That I love is that.
2: incredibly beautiful. I yeah, really yeah. love that story. Thank you for sharing that Shailen. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, man, that's it. We'll let you go. I'm sure we'll have you back in the studio. You're right here in Saskatoon. So there's no reason mm-hmm. you can't do a freestyle Friday with us. So we'll be in touch again. Thanks so much, Shalen. We'll let you go. Take oh, care my friend. Awesome. Thank you. You know, I didn't
3: lose my job. I still had the house so on the outside. Everything looked okay. Uh, yeah. I grew up in a, in a normal family, private school. I ended up going to uh, VCU in Richmond first night there. Uh, I went to a party and I drank for the first time ever. That numb feeling where everything went away happened. Throughout my, my years, I ended up racking up uh, you know, four DUIs. I had to serve some jail time. Woke up January 1st, 2017, car sideways in the driveway. Don't remember coming home. I texted a friend of mine who had quit drinking two years prior. I said, I can't keep doing this. Can you help me? Yep, yeah, we're gonna go to a meeting tonight. And I remember hearing a story about a guy who had spent 10 plus years in prison for killing a family drunk driver.
0: Say, this is Hard Knocks Talks.